Welcome to NextCast. My name is Nathan Whitlock, an editor at Humber Press. NextCast is a podcast about teaching and learning at Humber College. Every episode, we talk to some of the faculty and staff who are leading innovation both inside and outside the classroom. This episode, we talk to Helena Moncrief, whose new book, The Fruitful City, is out now. We'll be talking to Helena about how researching and writing her book has changed her perspective on teaching. Welcome to NextCast, Helena. Thank you. So congratulations on your new book, The Fruitful City. Um, as a, you know, sort of in the interest of disclosure, I, I did attend the launch for it in a, in a torrential downpour. And it was heavily attended and uh, quite a lot of fun. And I was glad you were there. And if you want to put all that on the table, I was at your launch. So there we go. We <laughs> do support ourselves. <laughs> Humber professors like to support each other. Exactly. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about it. It's a, I've, one of my mentors said, never ask what a book is about, but rather ask what it will do. And I really like that concept because it does spring into teaching as well. But this is a book that makes you look at fruit trees that grow in our cities and wonder where they came from, who planted them, and why it is that we're not looking at them anymore or picking them. And so many of us no longer know whether a fruit is okay to eat anymore. So we've become so food illiterate, and in this case I'm looking at the fruit, so I'll say fruit illiterate, that we don't recognize that those tie-dye sidewalks can lead us to a bounty of mulberries that are just above our heads, easy to be picked and to be included in a, in a menu. And this seems like a subject, I mean, the idea of, of fru- food and fruit being all around us um, and where to find it and, and, and how to spot it, it seems like an idea that's literally sitting right there in, in plain view. It just needed somebody to 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 pluck it Yes. Well, it's, that's the whole thing is it's so simple. It's, um, it's something that's right there. And I think um, we are always looking for the next new thing, something big to be discovered, some new way of doing things. And if you look at something like the 100-mile diet, which couldn't be any simpler, that started a movement, this is the same kind of idea. This is a food that's growing in our neighborhoods, in our cities. You don't have to get in a car to go to a farm to pick your own. It's right there. It seems too simple. It seems a little quaint, perhaps, or old-fashioned. But uh, there are so many trees in our cities that are growing food that can easily be included on our tables without requiring any kind of change in agriculture practices. You don't need a new um, uh, form of botany. You don't need a degree in it. All you need to do is look up and see what's there and say, I'm going to use what I have. So how long have you been, uh, have you had this idea uh, about, you know, for the, for the book? Have, is this something you've been preoccupied with for years or was it something that just kind of came to you at very recently? Well, you'd know, Nathan, once you're writing a book, you are preoccupied with it. That's all you can right. see. Um, it came to me because my eldest daughter, who's now 23, was volunteering for an organization in Toronto called Not Far From The Tree. And it's uh, an urban harvest group modeled on the original, which was in Victoria, 
uh, British Columbia, and they go in and they will pick fruit from a tree where someone has a tree and they don't want the fruit anymore. So they send in volunteers. Again, they are not experts on trees, but they are experts on bringing communities together to do something with the fruit. So the volunteers get a third of the harvest, the homeowner gets a third of, a harv- of the harvest, and the other third goes to a community agency in need. So a food bank, if they're accepting fresh food, a soup kitchen, a community agency of some kind that otherwise wouldn't have access to fresh food. So that my daughter was volunteering and bringing home these bags of berries and apples and grapes. And like everybody else at the time, I asked, are you sure they're edible? Which now I think, what an idiot. Um, Of course they are. Uh, So she was bringing that into the house. Then she went off to university and I missed the fruit. So I signed up with Not Far From The Tree. And as I got out there, I went to to find out more about um, the fruits that were there and the people behind them. And then I, of course, as one does, when one is a writer, you have to write about it. So I wrote a magazine article about the organizers of these organizations. But I'd left so much on the table, uh, I still wanted to know more about the trees themselves. Who planted them? Why did they plant them? How many people had they fed? And what a privilege it is to be able to pluck a fruit from a tree that's been there for 100 years and taste the same thing that someone tasted 100 years years ago. Like, I think that is just magical. Uh, So I was working on a master's program at the University of King's College in Halifax in creative nonfiction. And I chose that as my topic. And of course, it, it, it grew into years of research. And the only thing that stops the research, of course, is the publisher's deadline. (laughs) So (laughs) there's lots more to mine there for sure. And so having written this essentially as a student uh, and in a, in a degree program, how has that process of, of writing it and researching it, how has that given you a new perspective on your own teaching and, and how you uh, bring these kind of topics to your own students? Well, I looked at my mentors. We had professors and mentors, and I've, I really appreciated the ones that – where you felt really connected, where there was a nugget of advice you hung on to. And I try to bring some of that into my classrooms because I teach writing. It's like completely applicable. So as a writer, you're never finished learning new skills. I've been able to bring some of those back into the classroom. Uh, New appreciation for deadlines. I think I always had that as a writer, but um, looking at it as a student that has other things going on, who has other things going on, uh, a new appreciation for that too. Um, And I certainly took this idea of um, even a really small topic, what might seem like a small topic, and turning it into something bigger makes you rethink when you're assigning things that it doesn't have to be a great big topic. It can be a small idea, but where you take it is the provides the brilliance. I mean, that makes the difference between a 70 and an 80. And the book uh, was published very recently, just a few months ago. That's right. Does it feel at all different uh, when you're teaching and when you're putting classes together and when you're sort of approaching, uh, you know, your teaching to have that book published, to have that credit, to have that sort of solid uh, thing that you can you can point to? Uh, it, it's a lovely thing to have. I think 
I hope it adds a little bit to the gravitas. Um, sometimes I think because most of our students are younger than I am, I'm going to say not all because we do have quite a mix, uh, that maybe you have the risk of looking like you're out of touch. And I think this really shows that you are doing something in the moment. Uh, that is current, that someone said today, I want to buy this. This this has legitimacy that your work works. I did have another book um, probably about 15, 20 years ago now about the insurance industry. Uh, it was a bestseller, believe it or not, mm -hmm. but not really one that my students are going to pick up. But I know at least one, two students have bought this book. So, <laughs> so they can see whether they like my style of writing or not. I am still in the game and able to sell it and as I do my freelance work. So I think it adds a little bit of gravitas, but you'd have to ask them. Right. Have you brought, uh, and I know, you know over the years that you've been working on this book and we've had classes in common and there have been, I know that students have been really enthusiastic about this idea and have gone to check out the orchards and check out these uh, locations inspired by your, your uh, teaching and by your research. Have you brought groups of students out to see these to see these spots? I've sent them out to see them. Uh, some of the writing I do involves feature writing and I again this is this idea of creating something from nothing that you can take something very simple and weave a whole story around it. So I have sent students out to find an artifact that they have to develop a story around and one of the artifacts I send them to is the orchard. So, again, that's where the, the person who just sees what's in front of them will say, it's an apple orchard, there are trees in it, they grow apples. The student who's really intuitive and wants to dig in, uh, and that, that's the beauty of bringing them along with it, is to say, well, what kind of apple is it? Who planted it? Why is it here in the middle of a campus? And then you start working your way back, unwinding that thread that gets you to the psychiatric hospital, to the farmland, and then beyond that to before we had developed anything here, before anything had been developed here, and the indigenous people used it as a meeting place and traveling place, um, the apple trees wouldn't have been there, but there would have been a lot of other things. So it has a, it, you can develop a really lovely backstory and a lovely feature just based on holding that apple or, or touching the bark of an apple tree. Well, thank you very much, Helena. This has been great. My pleasure. Next Cast is produced by Humber Press and the Creative Productions team at the Center for Teaching and Learning at Humber College. Special thanks to Panit Waugh, Santino Pinozzo, Allison Lasorda, Darren Richards, and Eileen DeCourcy. To suggest stories for future episodes of NextCast or to let us know what you think, email HumberPress, all one word, at humber.ca. That's humberpress at humber.ca. To learn more about the workshops, teaching certificates, and other support offered through the Center for Teaching and Learning, and to read issues of Next Magazine, go to humber.ca slash Center for Teaching and Learning. Thanks for listening. See you next time. That's not a pun.